Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Abraham Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right. You heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2023. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Now, before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, click on the description and you'll find a link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. We also have my website where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App, and that's one-time donations. On today's episode, I'm gonna be talking about people that have left the Christian life to go chase after probably another life, a life of pleasure, LGBTQ lifestyles, or, or just a life without faith. This podcast is not about me. I know I put it in the title. It's kind of like a little bit of clickbait, but it's like leaving behind, uh, well, leave, leaving to go back into the LGBTQ lifestyle or something like that. Um, but it's not about me. It's just that this particular year, I've actually seen a rise in people that have left the Christian life to go back into like the gay life. As some of you guys know, I was involved in the gay life for, I think, probably... I would say maybe six years from the time I came out of the closet, which was 15 years old, all the way up till 22 years old, back when I moved in with my parents. And, um, and I decided to follow Jesus because it was like kind of uh, like my last resort to life. It was I, I, like my only hope I had left. I was really suicidal and I decided that I was going to give God a chance and thank God that I did give him a chance because life has been good ever since I did. Of course, I've had my ups and my downs through this, uh, through this life, but um, overall, some of the most incredible, most, I guess, purpose-defining experiences have come about me choosing Christ um, these past five or six years. I don't know how long it's been, but this year in particular, I've noticed that a lot of my friends who were Christian have decided to actually go back, uh, to being gay or have decided that they want to live apart from Christ or they want to be gay and, um, and live with Christ at the same time, choosing to actively partake in an active LGBTQ lifestyle or gay relationship, same-sex relationship, or trans identity, or wh what, whichever one of those you want to choose from. And, um, and it's kind of unfortunate. It's definitely something that I wanted to talk about on this podcast um, because it's not really something that is talked about a lot, I think. Um, and it's honestly one of, one of the fears that I think most people really have. Like when I first came to Christ, I think one of the things that I thought of the most was um, was like, am I going to be able to like make it all the way to the end? Like if I choose and I make this decision that I want to follow Jesus, will I, when I'm 50 years old, still want to follow Jesus? Or will like a really good looking man come along, sweep me up off my feet and then be like, peace out, Jesus, I'm done. Um, and just move on into, you know, back into my my old lifestyle. And, um, and I, I think a lot of people have that, um, have that kind of fear response that it's like, will I be able to endure or fully make the decision? Because it's kind of embarrassing if you make a decision to follow Jesus and then you take back that decision because it's like, oh, I stood up for this and I stood up for Christ and I stood up for biblical truths. And then it's like, I take all of that back and I just want to, I want to go after um, a boy or a girl or be in a gay relationship. And so I, that was something that, you know, really plagued my heart in the beginning but when I came to Christ, I was so utterly just completely devoid of myself. Like I said, I was totally suicidal and that's a trigger if anybody's listening, I'm sorry. Um, but I was just totally done with my life. And so to me, there was no like, um, I want to try this 20 years. I had fully lived out the gay life. Like I had done everything. I had had tons of sex. I had explored the queer uh, I guess community did the bar scene, did the hookup scene, grinder. I I did it all, and I fully explored all those things. And I'm really glad that I did explore those things. Like I'm not happy that I had to 
to go through some of the things that I went through. And, and if, if I could really take back anything in my life, I, I would, I would want to take back those experiences because just, just alone on the experiences that I had, they produced a bunch of trauma in my life that, you know, you can't undo those traumas those specific relationships that you have with people, those experiences that you have. Um, so if there's anything in my life that I definitely do regret, it's like giving into those desires. But then at the same time, Christ has made it possible for me in my life um, to be able to embrace those experiences. Um, even though I fully am like aware that I'm like, I wish I didn't go through this, but I'm glad that I did go through it because the Lord still uses those experiences to teach me things now in Christ. And then also for me to help relate to people who are um, have maybe have never been through those experiences or are still going through those experiences, and so I was totally devoided um, from wanting to experience any of those types of things because I had pretty much lived all of it out. Um, and so my first thought was not so much, um, "Am I going to make it all the way to the end?" But it's just like, if this doesn't work out, the only option is just death. And so the only option is for me to just like depart from the earth um, and be done with life. Uh, but a lot of people. I guess they don't experience those types of things before coming to Christ. And I think that's why it's, you know, we're going to be exploring a certain parable in this podcast, which is the, the parable of the, um, the, the prodigal son. And, um, and we're going to be talking about some other parables. But I think it's really important, especially when we look at the parable of the prodigal son, um, for us to recognize that the father actually allowed his son to have the experiences that he needed to have so that he could understand that apart from his father, life was not going to do or be well for him. And so um, that was pretty much my story. I was a prodigal son. And when I came to Jesus, um, I, I fully understood that anything that the world had to offer to me was dead and uh, would, would only produce death in my life. So as far as me having those, ex uh, those, those kind of thoughts of just like, um, will I, will I, have I fully experienced everything that I, that I needed to know when I first came to Christ? I really did. But I know that other people haven't experienced this, haven't had those experiences in the same way that I have. And so I think the first thing that runs to my mind, like a personal experience that I had this year with a friend was that, um, this individual was part of my ministry, listened to my ministry, even supported my ministry. And they were, I, I would consider them to be a very close friend. They decided that they wanted to depart from the faith. Um, and I don't really know that the technicalities, if they still believe in God or if they don't believe in God, or if they are, if they think that God approves of this life that they want to go after. But for those people, I feel like they grew up in religion or religious households, and they were never able to really make those, um, they were never really able to explore in the same kind of way that I got to explore um, the things of this world that ultimately I was like, oh yeah, like this is not going to be good. Like what, what I find most times, and this is not the case for everybody, we're going to be exploring different, uh, reasons as to why some people might want to leave the faith. Um, but one of the main reasons I think is because most people, they grew, they grow up in religious households. And I also grew up in a religious household and they end up, uh, kind of wanting to have an understanding of what it's like on the other side. And I, you know, since I grew up in the religious household, I, I definitely wanted to know what it would be like to be gay. I mean, even coming out of the closet, that was really difficult for me. And once I came out of the closet, I was like, I don't really want to go back into the closet. This was in eighth grade at the time. And I, I really wanted to fully explore what it's like to have a boyfriend or what it's like to have sexual encounters and um, what it would be like to live as my authentic self, as this world likes to put it. And, um, and I fully explored those things after I came out of the closet. Like it took some time. I moved out of my parents' house. I went to New York. I, you know, I did all these things that you can all check out in my, uh, testimony video. But, um, but a lot of people, they don't get the chance to be able to do such things. And so one of the things that I hear from people the most is just like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to maybe have sex with a male or, um, to have, like, I've never been with someone of the same sex. Um, and now I'm married or, um, or I just like, I have this person flirting with me and it's really hard for me not to act on these feelings. And I've, I never had a proper date or I've never gone through these types of things. And I think just that desire that want to want to like, see what's behind door number three, you know, what's behind door number four, um, is the grass going to be greener on that side? I think that's a very 
you know, that to me, that's a very like, um, understandable thing. Um, I definitely wouldn't be as close to God. I don't think I would be as close to God as if I hadn't fully understood the depravity of, of what it's like to live outside of God. And so some people make the decision to follow Jesus so early on in their lives, and then they don't get to explore some of these, um, sinful behaviors, which I'm not endorsing for them to explore the sinful behaviors, but the decisions that they make aren't necessarily true decisions because they haven't really counted the cost of everything that they would be leaving behind. Because if they had counted the cost of everything that they would be leaving behind, they wouldn't be in the predicament where they're still thinking about the things that they should have counted as gone in the beginning when they accepted Jesus. And so that's what I really feel like most people... Um, when they walk away from the faith, it's mostly because they're like, I didn't have that experience and I want to experience what that is of like having a boyfriend or having sex or doing this or doing that. There's nothing there par particularly for me that I could be like, yeah, you know, you should totally, you should go after that. That's going to be something that's going to be fun. That's going to be something that's going to be, you know, exciting and um, it's going to get you closer to God and all that stuff. I would say the complete opposite. I would say that it's going to make you depressed. It's going to, you know, um, sadden your soul. Um, it's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, have accept the Holy Spirit into your life. Um, it's going to produce a separation um, between you and getting to hear from the Father. And um, and it's not something that I would be like, oh yeah, you know, go ahead and and do this thing. It's going to be great for you. I would say it's, it's, it's going to be a bad thing. But at the same time, it's like, that's exactly what happened in the prodigal son's parable that the father was like, this is what I, this is your inheritance. And I, sh I don't want to have to give you the full inheritance, but I'm going to give it to you so that you can understand and experience whatever it is that you need to experience and understand. And I think that's so unlike religion of today's age and today's day, because what we see is we see people like really controlling and manipulative where they like want to hold on to people and say, no, you should just blindly follow Jesus and, and forget your emotions, forget your feelings and all that stuff. And I think that's easier said than done for individuals that maybe have been through it already, but people who have like, who just learned by the hard knocks, they're not going to want to do those types of things. And there's just people. That's why I believe it's one of the most important parables in scripture. Um, there's people who are that need to learn by the hard knocks. And then there's other people that are going to be just obedient to be obedient. And that's the most beautiful thing. They have grace. They have strength from the father to be able to stay in the household. Like we see the other brother who stayed and didn't have to take his inheritance and go out and explore. He was obedient to the father all the way to the end of the parable, but then the other one wasn't. And so I think there's like two different types of people. There's like the one person that it's like, it's easier for them to like at a young age to commit to the Lord, to follow the Lord, keep all the things that they know is gonna be good, never have to explore those things. And then there's other people that have to go out there and have to kind of bump their heads and like hit themselves up against the wall to realize like, oh my gosh, what, 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 am, I, um, what am I missing when I left the father's house? And so I think it's those two types of experiences. But I wanted to talk about that topic of just like counting the cost um, and, and what that means when we make those decisions because I do believe that there are people in the faith today that have not really counted the cost um, of, of following Jesus. Even in scripture, Jesus says like, make sure you count the cost because if not, if you don't complete the work, the construction work that they, uh, he uses like this symbolic, expression. If you don't complete the construction work that you once started with, everyone's going to look at that landmark or that construction and they're going to laugh at you because you were not able to to complete what it is that you set out to do. And so I think it's really important. Like when I first came to Christ, um, the first thing that Jesus told me, and I, I remember so vividly, I was at the gym and he told me, are you willing to die for for me? Are you willing to die for this message? And to me, I was like, yes, like I'm not, I'm not concerned at all with, uh, following, um, with, with wanting to go back to the lifestyle or getting a boyfriend or, you know, I've explored all those, all those types of things. And if I'm not living for Jesus, then I'd rather die because I don't see the purpose and the fulfillment of anything on this earth besides living for Jesus. And so for my response, obviously my the, the best response that I could give to God at that moment, which was my very little, very, maybe very innocent yes, which is like, I would rather die for this message than have to live for something else because I didn't see fulfillment in, in any of the things outside of the Lord. Um, my response was still yes. 
And I don't know if a lot of people make that decision. I think most people's decisions when it comes to Christianity is just like they're in church on a Sunday. It's an emotional response. And they're in the pastors pressuring them, putting pressure um, to be able to say the sinner's prayer, to come up to the altar. And they think that making that one decision is going to have a lasting life, life full like impact. And that, I don't think that's necessarily the case because most people who do make those emotional decisions on Sunday morning or whatever, um, they don't go home and they don't reflect and they don't think about, okay, I, I'm going to have to give up my, my spouse. I'm going to have to give up my job or I'm going to have to do this or God calls me to move to Africa or God calls me to do this. Would I be willing to give all these things up? And so one of the things that I, I practiced when I first came to the Lord and I saw this at work in my own life was I, I'm kind of a radical person. And so to me, it was important to make also another radical action. And I'm not saying that I'm like the example of what everybody should do, but this was kind of a, to my decision making when I decided, okay, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to really follow Christ. And that was alone in my bedroom with Christ. Like I made, I made that decision with the father alone and privacy. Um, I decided to put my words into action. I decided that I was going to take everything in my room, anything that didn't necessarily involve Jesus, and um, and just throw it away. I got a big plastic bag, and I probably have told this story like a bunch of times, but I got this big plastic bag, and I filled it up with uh, DVDs, um, books, anything that just didn't, to me, represent the gospel or had anything to do with, with God in general. And so I got this... I threw everything away. Like I had, I just had this huge collection of DVDs that were so like important to me. And, um, I had been collecting them for, I think like five, six years. And I just threw every DVD that didn't reflect God or had anything to do with God into the bag. And instead of donating these things, I just threw them away because I didn't want anybody else to have them because I didn't consider them to be a blessing. I consider them to be, you know, something that She's not going to help anybody with their spiritual growth. And so I threw away those things, those books, books on a Zodiac. And um, I wasn't really into New Age, but I really liked astrology. Uh, yeah, astrology. And um, and I threw all those things away. And I counted the cost that day of like, these these are, these are things that really, really matter to me. My DVD collection was something that was so important for me that I've been collecting. And I was like, I'm going to count the cost. I'm going to throw away the DVDs. I'm going to throw away these, this and that. And, um, and I made that decision for myself. And I don't know if other people in Christianity, besides the Sunday morning that they came in, they received a sticker or a book or a welcoming packet, if they have also made that decision um, to really count everything in their life as gone. Because in scripture, it says that it's no longer we who live, um, but Christ who lives inside of us, right? And that our old person, that whatever we were before Christ is now dead. And so the life that I now live in Christ is a life that is fully made new. It doesn't bring over any of the old. It's completely fresh. It's completely new. Now, can God use all those things that we experience in the old for, for our new lives? 100%. Yes. But like, it's like anything that I thought or regarded as important in my old life, I have to re- think about those things, reanalyze those things and see if it's still important in my life with Christ. And so uh, counting the cost, I think, is, is is something that a lot of people don't do. When I was getting ready for this podcast, I was on Discord, talking to my Discord family, and that was something that people brought up. It was like, you know, do people really count the cost when they decide that they want to follow Jesus? And um, and I think there's, there's, you know, those weak spots and those weak areas where people are like, you know, having a boyfriend is really important to me or being in a gay relationship is really important to me. Like those should be some of the first things that you think about when you first start following God. And if you're following God simply just because like your family's following God or your sister's following God or everybody else is doing it, it's the cool thing to do, which in our Western society, there is that kind of that, that sect of Christianity where it's like, it's kind of cool to be Christian now, sort of like a little bit. Um, but there's that pressure. It doesn't really come from you. Um, that's something that people you know, you should be analyzing. It's like, is this my decision or is this somebody else's decision? And I want to kind of cover those things, but, um, counting the costs. And then also another thing that I think takes people away or brings people away from the faith is wanting a better life. I think sometimes when we, when we explore or we present the gospel to people, we present it almost as if like life is going to get better. 
And I don't think that like the gospel should be presented in that type of way because life does get better when you when you do follow Jesus. Like there's some aspects of your life that it's like, you know, you like there, things have gotten better in my life. I can say fully 100% things have gotten better. I've gotten better friends. Um, I have better relationships with my parents, with my brother, with my sister. Um, I have a, an understanding of my of, of who I am. I have security, identity, you know, um, finances have gotten better as well. Like I'm living my dream, doing the job as a YouTuber, content creator. Um, so much things in my life have gone better, but that's not why I decided to follow Jesus. I decided to follow Jesus because he was my only hope. He was like the only thing that I had left in this world that would mean anything to me. Like when I decided to follow Jesus, I was like, nothing in this world means anything. I'm a very like, I was born with kind of like wanting purpose. I was born with wanting to like, make a difference in this world. I think it has something to do with, with my personality. I don't know. But I really wanted to like, I wanted to make a difference. Like I remember watching like growing up on TV, I remember watching um, this girl. She like, <laughs> this is so dumb. But I specifically remember this, this girl, she started like this water bottle company in like Africa or something where like they were able to like, I don't know, get waste or something from like the water and then turn it into like glass or something and then distribute that glass as water to like children in Africa and like poverty stricken areas. And I just thought that that was the coolest thing ever. I was like, man, I want to make an impact in the world like that girl and be able to say that, you know, I have a, I have a nonprofit or I do this or like I'm making a difference in somebody's life. And that was really important to me. And, uh, and the more that I went through my life as, um, a gay adult, I guess you would say, um, really uh, identifying that as my identity, uh, really putting a lot of my identity in my sexuality, the more I realized that I wasn't really making a difference. And no matter, even if I did make a difference, like I was a personal trainer before I came to Christ, I was helping people get fit and helping people lose weight and feel better about their self-image. But the problem with that was that that was all outward stuff. It wasn't necessarily inward stuff and I didn't really feel like I was like okay well I helped someone lose like 10 pounds that's amazing like their life is probably maybe going to get better you know but I didn't feel like I was making a real difference and really it was because the only real difference we can make in people's lives is like if we introduce them into the kingdom of God and so um when I first came to Christ that was one of the things that really helped me to feel like I wanted to follow Christ was I was like I'm going to make a difference like inwardly there's going to be a lasting, everlasting effect in people's lives, not just in this life, but in the life to come. And so whenever I present the gospel to an individual, I don't want to present the gospel and to be like, oh, I, you know, I heard that you're having like a lot of really bad problems and I'm going to tell you that you can have your best life now. I'm going to tell you that, you know, you can have the most incredible, uh, wonderful, uh, prosperous prosperous, filled with money, filled with glamour, filled with, you know, whatever it is, your idols in your life. Um, that's not how I'm going to present the gospel to someone. I'm going to, I'm going to tell them, Hey, you know, um, I believe that following Jesus will ultimately bring joy into your life, but it's going to take a lot of difficulty. It's going to take a lot of patience. It's going to take a lot of submission. Like the other day I was talking to um, someone who's really close to me. I'm not going to share their name, but, um, they were having problems with their marriage. And I, and I, and I told them, you know, like when you start to get deeper in your relationship with Jesus, you know, you're going to have to make sacrifices in your life, um, so that your marriage can get better. You're going to have to put the other person before you, um, instead of wanting to do all these selfish things for yourself or to receive for yourself. And you're going to have to receive from God, not try to make plans for your own life to receive from, from yourself. Um, because God is going to be the one that's going to be filling you up. But in order for God to fill you up, you also have to give out what he's filling you up with. So I don't know if that makes sense. It's kind of like a little like Dr. Seussical. Um, But it, it, it's really a just like it's the process and the experience of of walking with Christ is not going to be an easy experience. It's going to be very difficult. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, you know, come to me, all who are heavy laden. Um, I will, uh, you know, I, I'm not, ex I don't remember the exact verse, but you guys can find that on your own if you guys know scripture. But it, it, he's talking about how um, we share the burden with him. Like the burden doesn't become eliminated, but we share it with him. And so my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's what he says. So he says that like, we're still yoked to him because there's always going to be something in our life. Thank you, Holy Spirit for reminding me. There's always going to be something in our lives that are, are we're going to be yoked 
yoked to, whether it's Satan or whether it's Jesus, we're going to be yoked to something. Um, but we're, and we're always going to have a burden, but you can decide what your burden is going to be. Your burden can be heavy or you can share your burden with Jesus. And so, um, I think when we present this prosperity gospel of just like, oh yeah, you know, Jesus is going to heal you from this. Or, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you're going to walk. Or, you know, if you're poor, like you're just going to get money. And you know what? That happens so often than most people think that it does happen. Like there are so many churches, even in my own area in South Florida, that are really preaching like this prosperity gospel. And people are following this movement, not because they want to follow Jesus, but because they want to follow their pleasurable desires. Someone comes to me, I've been working in a nine to five for like six, seven eight months or, or maybe two, three years. And I haven't really made any type of leeway in my job. And I've been kind of stuck there and I feel stuck with my life. And someone says, Oh, Hey, did you know that God wants to bless you with a better job or God wants to bless you with a bigger opportunity? I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, like God wants to bless me with a bigger job or, you know, more pay or more finances. Like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Like I want to follow Jesus. Like, why wouldn't I want to follow Jesus? But in reality, they're not following Jesus. They're following what was presented to them. And I remember this quote like a really long back, like time, a really long time ago. And it was uh, 1 Corinthians. It was like from when I was doing my study with 1 Corinthians. And this quote, um, it was like, however you get someone excited about the gospel is exactly what they're going to use to get away from the gospel when they receive the gospel. It was, but it was more eloquently put. And so if you tell someone, uh, money, like m you, you mix money in with the gospel. Then when they receive the money, they're going to leave the gospel because what they really wanted was the gospel. Or if you tell them a, a car, or if you tell them, um, a relationship or God, you know, God really wants for you to be married and you know, blah, 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 blah. When they receive that, they're going to walk away from Jesus because Jesus was never the one thing. It was always Jesus and this or and this and Jesus. And Jesus was the second priority. He was never the, the, the first priority. And so I think we have to understand um, if a lot of people are leaving Christianity, one of the main reasons that they could be leaving Christianity is because of the way that we're presenting the gospel. We're not, we're not telling people that, you know, li life might not get better. You know, you might not get that marriage. Like when I came to Christ, I did sort of like hope that one day I would have a marriage. I would have a wife. I would have kids. I'm 26 now. I don't know when that's going to come. Hopefully it does come. I'll meet my wife like in a year or two years. Who knows? Um, hopefully I'm not too old to start having kids. But um, if that doesn't come, that's something that I really wanted for my life. If that doesn't come. I'm okay with that not coming because I trust and I understand that God has better plans for me besides the plans that I started to formulate in my own mind that I think are good for me. And so I think we have to understand how to preach that to people. Like I tell someone, hey, you know, your life, you're going to find joy. You're going to find comfort. You're going to find peace. You're going to find understanding beyond your own comprehension. Um, but it's not going to be easy. And Jesus presented the gospel in this way as well. You know, he said that people who were going to follow him, that it was going to be a narrow road versus a wider road. And we see people that, you know, want all these pleasures or these things from the world. They're on the wide road. And we see people who um, want Jesus on this very narrow road. Why do you think it's narrow? Because it's hard. It's hard to walk out that road. And so we have to make sure that we deliver that to people so that they have a full understanding because then later on, it's like, well, you didn't tell me that like following Jesus was going to be really hard or that like, I'm not, I'm not going to get my money or I'm not going to get my girlfriend. Or I'm not going to get my, you know, happiness from these things that I think are so important to me, but we have to express to them, Hey, you know, you got to trust Jesus through this process, trust him and, and, and hopefully understand that like he's going to give you something better than you don't even know that you need. And, and it might not be better in terms of the world. Like sometimes better is discipline. Some, and I'll say it again. Sometimes better is discipline. Sometimes we think that God is going to bring something good. He's going to bring something good, but he's going to do it in the form of discipline where your character grows, your patience grows, your kindness grows, your, your, your way to extend forgiveness grows, how you speak about other people grows. And so there's more to life than just this prosperity and these materialism or materialistic things um, that we're offering people to and mixing that in with the gospel and the presenting that to individuals. And so that, that might be another reason why people are leaving the faith. Um, also, another, another thing that I see a lot is 
appearing to be cool in front of others. This was another reason um, that I talked about with my Discord fam. Um, and by the way, guys, if you haven't joined my Discord, please join my Discord. I have an online church community waiting for you where we get to do a bunch of stuff together. We pray, we read the Bible. We just finished doing a night vigil to bring in the new year. And so it's always fun, very exciting. And uh, and I, I tend to live stream my podcast on Discord as well. So I think it'll be really fun for people who are interested in something like that. But um, appearing cool in front of others, like just like, for example, if you live like in the Bible Belt or you live in an area where it's like, it's cool to be a Christian. Like I know a lot of gay guys that like they grew up in the Bible Belt um, and when I say gay guys, I'm not like identifying them in that way, but I'm talking about like the struggle that they have, um, same sex attraction. I should say men who struggle with same sex attraction. Um, but they, <laughs> but they like, they identified with being a Christian because all their friend group was a Christian or, or they grew up in high school and like the, in the Bible belt and everybody in their class was a Christian. Everybody went to church on Sundays. Um, and they went to be Christian and do all these things because their family was doing it and their friends were doing it and they never really got to explore a lot of the emotions or the issues or the struggles that they were having on the inside because they didn't want anybody else to know that they um, were not like everybody else, right? They, they just wanted to seem like I'm like everyone else because it, it is very difficult when you grow up, um, when you grow up having surrounded by people who are all thinking the same way and then feeling like if I don't look like these individuals that I'm going to be rejected and I'm going to be outcasted and nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody wants to be outcasted. I think that's just like a, a human thing. Uh, we all want to be accepted by our peers and loved by our peers. And so um, I think there's a lot of people that they just like, I'm going to I'm going to say that I'm Christian, even though I'm having all these doubts and I'm, I'm experiencing all these things that um, I don't want to tell anybody about um, so that I'm not rejected, I'm not outcasted. And then ultimately later on life, when those peers or those people, those church communities, they go away or they move on to something else, they're like, you know what? I don't, I don't really want to be a Christian anymore because these, who cares what people think about me? Like, I'm over this. I'm not in high school anymore. I'm not with my, my family anymore. Um, and I just kind of want to do me. I want to see where this takes me. These, these people who were so influential for them in the past no longer are influential and they decide that I don't want to be a Christian anymore. And so that's another one. Um, another one is like when Christ stops being fun. And I love this one as well, because I do agree with this. I think a lot of people like coming off of those church retreats, Sunday morning sinners prayers, uh, worship experiences. <laughs> Let's just go with concerts, <laughs> Christian concerts, where it's like, oh, you know, so much emotion, so much, oh, this is so fun. Like there's a lot of conferences, especially around the end of the year. And I love conferences, don't get me wrong. I think if you do it the right way, it's very beneficial to someone's spiritual journey. Um, but we have these conferences where uh, people, they don't, understand like or they, they don't receive help after the experience to continue to fight the good fight and walk the walk the good walk um there in that moment uh there the music is blasting the the led lights are shining everyone looks so cool in their presentable outfits and the, there's an incredible fire passionate anointing preaching um but then they leave the environment and it's not fun anymore when they go home and they realize these all these addictions that they were facing um, they have to stop, you know, they have to stop the addictions or um, now they, they're going to try to do life without the actual relationship of Jesus, which is which is what empowers us, because they thought that coming into Jesus was an, an experience instead of a relationship, because they go into those spaces, they receive that crowd of emotion and, you know, um, all of the music and, and, the, and the influential speakers and then they go home and they realize they didn't really connect with Jesus. What they connected with was, was people. They were influenced by people, but they weren't influenced by Jesus himself. At no point did they make Jesus, like, did they make Jesus the center of what they needed in order to propel them into a life and a relationship with Jesus, right? And so that kind of sounds like, it doesn't make sense, like, how can these these conferences, these preachings, I'll be talking about Jesus and then ultimately have someone go home, not realizing when they go home, they realize 
they didn't really accept a relationship with Jesus. What they accepted was um, the emotionalism experience of it all. And so, so they go home and they're like, how do I do this? I can't do this. You know what? Um, I'm going to stop following Jesus now that it's, there's no lights, there's no music, there's no emotion. Um, or we have the frequent, like, <laughs> I would say the frequent, like, conference goer, where it's like, they just, up from one conference to the next conference to the next conference to the next conference, and it's like, their faith is being upholded by the, the faith of others and the relationship of others, and they themselves, they don't know how to pray, they don't know how to talk to God, they don't know how to read scripture for themselves, they don't know how to study, they don't know how to, they, they, don't, they don't know how to have a real encounter relationship with Holy Spirit, they're just uh, piggybacking off of the encounters and the experiences that other people are having um, and then making that their own experience. Okay, so sorry about that. My camera turned off and so I was, luckily I caught it like not too far along. So we might not have a video section for you guys for like that one minute that, one minute that it was cut off. Um, but continuing on, another reason why some people might also wanna uh, not want to follow or continue to be in the faith is because they just want to choose their pleasure over the obedience of Christ. And, and I don't want to knock because I think maybe even in this podcast, it can, it can kind of seem like I'm not having empathy for individuals that um, that are leaving the faith. And that's not at all what I want this to come across as because I know, I mean, I know, trust me, how hard it is to follow Jesus and, and how to give up everything. I mean, really, the only reason why I even believe that it's possible to do anything like completely surrendering your will to something that is invisible is through the help of the Holy Ghost. There's no other way to explain it. So I know personally just how hard, like I, I have personally had to make decisions in my life where I've had to give up these things that I so longed for, for such a long time in my life. Like one of those things was, for a long time, I wanted to be married to a man, and uh, marriage to me to a man was so important. I remember uh, growing up as a little boy, I idolized the idea of of being in a marriage. And of course, I'm not attracted to women, so to me, the perfect marriage was, was gonna look like to a man. Uh, to a man, and um, and I remember when I was growing up, I was watching shows and TV TV movies and uh, movies in general like Titanic, where there was this beautiful love story between a woman and a man. And I remember just looking at that and being like, I want that. I want that for my life. And and it's hard. It's really hard to, to trust in God, to trust in the Father, um, to want to obey Him when you have no idea where it's going to go or where it's going to take you. And so by by no means am I ever, ever like not having empathy for people who are just like, I don't know if I can follow Jesus anymore because the, the cost is just too much. I'm not able to to really do that right now in my life. Um, I have complete empathy for individuals like that. For a long time, I remember when I was living the um, the gay lifestyle, I, I had this folder on my computer that was called uh, Gay or something like that. I don't know, I just gave it a very random title. Um, and then this folder, it was this video of Jackie Hill Perry. And, uh, and this was when I lived in New York City. And I remember I put that video in there because I was like, one day I'm gonna watch this video and I'm gonna make up my mind whether or not God really wants for me to be gay or, or, you know, um, or should I be following him doing something else, you know? And, uh, and I never opened up that folder. <laughs> I can say I never opened up that folder because I just didn't want to be confronted with the fact that I was going to have to change my whole life and change everything about what I thought I knew about myself or who I was. And so it's so hard, especially for individuals that struggle with same-sex attraction and, and really just anybody. I, I, I know I reach out a lot to people who you know, are the LGBTQ lifestyle, and that's basically my whole ministry. Um, but it's not just people who are struggling with same-sex attraction. It's anybody. It's heterosexuals struggling with doubt or struggling with their own ideas of what they want their life to look like or the plans that they have for themselves. Um, I think it's increasingly difficult for someone who has same-sex attraction because there's so very few people that actually do struggle in that area. So they have not that many examples to follow or people to relate to. Um, but it's it's hard overall for everybody, whether you struggle, whether you don't struggle, maybe your area of struggle is another area that you know has nothing to do with sexuality, but has to do with something else, addiction or, or thievery, or I don't have no idea. I always use the same two examples. Um, but I, I understand how difficult it is to want to give up your pleasures, um, the things in your life like, you know, just playing video games or 
um, or just hanging out with your friends or, you know, going to the club or doing all these things that maybe in Christ you could spend that time doing something a little bit more meaningful, something that has substance or value to it. Um, and that doesn't mean that every single pleasure uh, that when you come to Christ is taken away. I still play video games. I still do a lot of different things um, that, you know, I could be reading my Bible or studying this, but I, I put in as much effort um, into my relationship with Jesus. Like I put in enough effort that I'm able to also do things on the side that um, I'm sure I can do with the Holy Spirit, do it with Jesus. Now I have to exclude Jesus from those activities. Um, but a lot of people are walking away from the faith because of just simply the fact that they just want to live for themselves. They want to be able to try things out. They want to be able to seek happiness uh, for them, for their own self and, um, and, and find that for them and not have somebody else tell them where they should seek out that pleasure, that happiness. And I think that that happens a lot in abusive households as well, because when you're told your whole life, this is what you must do. The last thing that you want is to follow another person or, or God uh, have, have someone else tell you what to do in your life because you've been told your whole life, this is what you have to do. Um, and so I've seen a lot of people that grow up in very, uh, abusive households or very strict households, very religious households that the last thing they want to do is have a relationship with Jesus because they're like, I was not in control of my life. And therefore, why would I want to be, why would I want to serve a God who wants to be in control of my life again? Um, I want to have control of my life and, and it's okay for them, you know, to be able to, I think to be able to discover that even if they did have control over their life, it's not exactly going to go the way that they think it's going to go. It's not exactly going to bring them the happiness that they think it's going to bring them. And so that could be another reason. Um, another one that we came up on the discord to, um, incredible church family is that, um, another would be offense of just from Christians that are not living up to the expectations of the calling. And so by that, it just means like you had a really horrible, experience or experiences experiences <laughs> with uh other christians that weren't exactly what you would have pictured uh the uh, like uh, uh, an incredible um faith-filled loving kind spirit-filled you know uh christian follower that instead of having a, a loving experience in the church you had a very negative experience and so a lot of people are basing their own relationships with God, with the Father, um, off of the experiences that they're having with other people. And so, and that is very, you know, logical. I think like, that's why it's so important. That's why Jesus, it was so important when he departed from the earth and he was giving Peter his, um, his mission, which was like, Peter, do you love me? He says, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. This was something that Jesus mentioned three different times. And those three different times, I believe it's when, when God repeats something one time in the Bible, it's, it's important. When he repeats things two times, it's very important. When he repeats things three times, it is very, very important for us to understand this. And so he's saying that at the priority, at the top of his list of what Peter should be doing, if if he really loves Jesus, is making sure that his sheep are well taken care of, which is the followers, um, to shepherd the followers of Jesus. And so if we are not producing these lives that are, you know, um, really showing the life of Christ, people are going to become offended. They're not going to want to follow God because they're going to feel like uh, God is like this person that treated me horribly. And, um, and in the beginning of someone's faith, that is super, super important because uh, a baby Christian is not going to have an understanding or even have the, the incredible maturity in their relationship with the Lord to differentiate the two th from the difference between his people and who he is. Um, and that's why it's important for us as, as Christians to really step up our level to making sure that we are being a good representation in the body of Christ um, as believers to other believers who are not there yet in their relationship with God. Um, and, and But it, even if we do somehow mess up, people still have the responsibility for themselves because we're not preaching that God has become us, right? We are now God. Um, we have received the Holy Spirit and now we're God. No, God is his own person. Jesus, Holy Spirit, the Father, they are their own person. And, um, and we can't always look to other people to fulfill uh, the need that we want from God um, because people can easily read that. They can feel that. And they're going to reject you because you're clinging on to people instead of clinging 
clinging onto God. When you put your trust and your hope and your faith in people, they're going to fail you. But if you put your trust and your hope and faith into God, God is never going to fail you. He may take you through obstacles that are going to be difficult, that are going to be hard, but he's not going to fail you um, in that regard. He's going to use all those things for your good and for your own benefit. And so that may be another reason why people are leaving in the faith. Um, but all these different reasons of why people are departing from the faith, um, I it's something that just got me thinking, you know, what does scripture say about these types of things? Is this a normal occurrence? Is this something that's just happening now in our day and age? Is this something that we should be concerned with? I think one of the reasons why we listed all those different reasons is for us to be aware of some of the experiences that people might be happy, have, that people might be going through, <laughs> sorry, that people might be going through. And, um, and so that we can be aware, we can have empathy with them and we can approach them in understanding and not with assumption. And even then we still didn't cover every single reason why someone might want, might be wanting to leave the faith. Um, and so it, it's so that we can have an understanding for those individuals, have compassion, have empathy, and to be praying for them, um, interceding for their lives and be doing our good godly Christian duties. Um, of making sure that we're loving them through that process, not trying to manipulate them, not trying to force them, force their hand to come back into the faith. Even though we know it's the right thing to do, um, we're not going to be the ones to make those decisions. What the, what kind of decisions we need to be making is in our own per personal private lives, interceding for their lives so that the Holy Spirit can make a mark on their lives and push them to the betterment of knowing Christ and, and having a real deep, authentic personal relationship um, with Jesus, um, because it's not going to be our job to do those things. But I've bought, I've brought up some scriptures that I probably have mentioned already on the pod, um, or you know we're going to talk about them. So I just wanted to to read some out. So the first one is Matthew thirteen three through nine. It says then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some feet some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and they had no root, and they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So basically what this verse in this Bible is, is saying is that people are going to receive the gospel as a seed. Now, what happens after they receive is entirely up to the individual and the circumstances of where they're at. So one of them is like the seed comes in, but immediately the thoughts are what just scoop up that seed and take it out of the brain. I think it's very possible for us. We have to remember it's very possible for demonic uh, principalities, for things around us, for even, um, you know, these things that we don't see in the spiritual to immediately scoop up an idea in our mind and plant other ideas and take away the idea that was the good seed, the, the good gospel. And so we have those individuals, they receive it, but then immediately it's gone. And it's like they didn't even hear it. I, I call those people like the in one ear, out the other ear. It's like you tell them something and, they, and they're like looking at you, they're understanding it, but then it's like, it's gone. It's gone right away. So that's the first individual that we see. Then the second individual that we see is um, some fell on the stony place. Um, so they didn't have much depth of earth and when, and this is talking about individuals that, uh, face persecution. And so, um, there's not a lot of support for them to be able to plant that seed in their life, the gospel. And then when people come around, um, and they persecute them, they influence them. They're like, Oh man, like, what am I going to go with? Am I going to go with the, the one that has no support or am I going to go with the one that has a lot of support and the, a lot of support could be a very negative support. So people like, um, Oh, you know, like. Uh, let's say I received the, the gospel, I'm a gay man, and then my gay friends are like, oh, that's so stupid. Why would you want to believe in Jesus? You know, you're not going to be able to have sex anymore. You won't be able to have grinder. You won't be able to hook up. You know, you won't be able to blah, blah, blah. And then all my friends around me are always like persecuting me um, on the fact that I'm a Christian. I might just one day be like, <laughs> just kidding. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to be a Christian. Like, I want to be gay like all of you guys. Like, and I want to, I want to live the way you guys live. Um, that's another individual uh, of what we see in the scripture. And then there's others who, um, when they fell among the thorns, the thorns uh, sprang up and choked them. And um, and this could be just like the cares of life, um, if I'm if I'm not getting these two mixed up, because the, the last two are kind of similar. Um, but it's like things, that, situations where it's like they feel 
frustrated. They feel like, um, how are they going to get out of this? The, the, the seed is planted, but the thorns, you know, slowly crush them to death. And, um, and this could be financial situations where it's like, you know, I lost a loved one or I, um, I no longer have the money that I used to have or, um, or I lost all my friends or, you know, all these things, these, these things are happening around me. They're not good. Um, now what do I do? Like, maybe I'm going to backtrack on the decision that I made as a Christian because I'm just not having a good time. I'm not having fun anymore. Like one of the reasons that we were talking about. And then there's the good seed that's planted. And this good seed um, is the one that is, it goes deep and then it, it produces the fruit. And we know just because someone produces fruit doesn't necessarily always mean that they're going to stay in the faith because we have others, like we talk about apostasy that's mentioned in Romans chapter six, people who experience the Holy Spirit, um, experience the good works of the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, but then they they, for some, for whatever reason, decided that they no longer wanted to believe in Jesus. And so we have examples of that in the scriptures as well. Uh, just because you have the Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be saved forever because it's always dependent on our faith. And that's what scripture tells us, that we must remain in the faith. If we don't remain in the faith, there is no other suitable sacrifice for us. So if we try to find something else to cover our sins or, or to bring us enlightenment, to bring us salvation, we're not going to find that. Jesus is the only way. If you reject Jesus once receiving Jesus there's no other sacrifice and and I've seen this for myself I literally saw people in my church that they were the most devout incredible Christian followers and they loved Jesus with all of their heart and then they were like just kidding we're gonna go to Judaism and they ended up converting into Judaism and some some person might say oh well they they weren't really you know they weren't really saved no I do believe that these people really knew the Holy Spirit they gave prophetic wordings. They were in love with Jesus. But doctrine, you know, the the doctrine of, of knowledge, self-pride, sin, you know, whatever it is, those things can immediately backtrack any type of progression that we've made in the Lord. Um, no one is safe. No, I'm just joking. I'm not trying to bring fear into the room. Um, it's, it's hard to get to that point. But it's like, that's why we have to be so careful with what we listen to, uh, what we take in, um, it, what one of the reasons why we study our Bible so much, because false teaching, false prophecy, false knowledge, all these things are things that could ultimately pull us away from Christ, pull us towards our own pride, pull us towards our own sin and give in to our pleasures um, or even try to find salvation. Because in, this, in these people's case, um, they try to find salvation in their own good works. They didn't want to accept grace uh, for their lives. They once accepted it, but then they were like, no, we need to do more. And this, this tends to happen a lot, especially in Pentecostal, charismatic social circles. They want to do more than what Jesus has offered to them, which is just the free gift of salvation. They feel like they have to put it in their own hands, right? And so um, there's many examples of that, and I personally have, have personal experience in that. Here's another scripture, though. 1 John 2, 18 through 19, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is to the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest Then none of them were of us. So very interesting enough, I believe that someone can be a part of the Christian social circle, even have a relationship with Jesus, but then ultimately backtrack and say, I no longer want this right. And then automatically become disqualified um, because they, at one point they were, but then it's like they, they no longer are really a part of, uh, of us because really the only ones that are going to be a part of us are going to be the ones that are going to endure all the way to the end. If you don't endure all the way to the end, can we logically, biblically say that you are a part of, of the faith of Jesus Christ. No, because at the end, you decided not to accept that salvation. God is not going to force you or it's going to force upon salvation upon you. Um, and so that's the way that I kind of interpret that scripture, even though that, that scripture is very highly debated. Um, but it's like, at one point, they were part of us. They, they went out from us, but they were not really of us because they didn't continue in the faith. They didn't continue in the belief of Jesus. And so 1 Timothy 4.1 says this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So here it explicitly says that there's going to be people that are going to depart from the faith. 
They were in the faith, they were of us, but they were not of us, right? And so they departed from the faith because they gave way to what? Deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, doctrines of man, hypocrisy, pleasures, all these things. This is what's going to happen in the last days. And we've, we've been in the last days for the past 2000 years. And so since Jesus left the earth, we've been in the last days, the latter days, right? And so we're going to, we're going to see a lot more of that come to pass. And we need to be able to understand how to approach people who are leaving the faith and, um, and hopefully try to get them back into the faith with our love, with our, um, with our wisdom and counsel from the Holy Spirit, with our intercession, and so on and so forth. Luke 14, 27 through 28 says this, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot abide and be my disciple. Um, well, cannot, cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? So we discussed this specific passage earlier finally found the exact reference. Um, but we have to bear our cross as Christians. And that's not really something that's talked about a lot in today's modern day <laughs> Sunday church service. It's all about how you can better your life, but it's never so much a, what can you do to discipline yourself to follow the faith, to follow Jesus and not be so in love with yourself to the point where you can't crucify your own flesh. You can't crucify, you can't take up your own cross, right? Um, and we have to count that cost. So if people have been battling with the fact that they don't know if they want to continue to be in Christ, have they counted that cost? Have they counted the pleasure? Have they counted the flesh? Have they counted um, the money, the friendships, all the things that they're going to lose if they follow Jesus? Have you really counted those things? The last scripture that I have is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel with what, which I preached to you, which also you have received in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So once again, the if, the if um, right there is if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you. That's what most people, they don't hold fast to that word. They're not in their biblical word. They're not keeping that understanding. I have to crucify myself. I have to seek out more of the Lord's face. I have to be in relationship with him. I have to accept his grace. I have to accept his forgiveness. I have to, um, I have to do all these things of just like remaining in the word, remaining in the faith, having, having my eyes locked. It's, it's almost like I want to say this, this is going to come off really bad but it's almost like brainwash. <laughs> like it's like at some point we have to kind of just like brainwash ourselves because the word is like, well, the world is trying to tell you one thing and the word is telling you another thing. And the world that we live in right now, it, it can seem so much more real than like, than the word of God. And so it's like in those kind of situations, you're just going to have to receive the word and receive it and receive it and wash yourself with the word, wash your brain with your word, wash your mind with the word, because the world around you is going to be telling you everything that is the complete opposite of, um, of, of the things that you should be receiving. Um, but the word, the word of God is what we have to hold fast to the preachings um, that Paul gave, that Jesus gave, that Peter gave, um, the, the simple gospel message. That's what we must remain in. And so, you know, unfortunately, I don't like to see some of my friends go back into the lifestyle. Um, and, and maybe some of you guys are even worried for me, for my ministry. Is Samuel going to be able to 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, be able to continue on this ministry? I don't know if I will. To be honest, I, I, I don't know if I will. I am here by God's grace and by God's grace alone. But one thing I do make sure that I do every single morning is I just, I concentrate hard on what I believe is to be important. And to me, living a gay life is not important. Having a relationship is so not important. Money uh, clothes, all these things, they're just not important to me. They never have been important to me. Like I said, when I first started out the podcast, I wanted to make a difference, a real difference, um, make, make, um, an impactful eternal difference. And the only way that I can do that is with the Lord. Um, and not even to feed my own ego, but because I just want to see the world become a better place. And, um, and I know that I don't have the plans for that. I don't have the resources for that. I don't have the tools for that. But Jesus does have the resources. He has the tools for that. And so I don't know what's going to come in 10, 20 years. I have no idea. I can only hope to continue to remain a part of the true vine, remain connected to the Father every single day, make that conscious decision, count those costs, 
and continue to obey him and what I know I'm, I'm presently capable of doing um, and then do it again tomorrow and do it again the next day. And then one day I'm going to die and it's going to be over. <laughs> and uh, that's just, that's just life. You know, it's, we're all going to die. <laughs> one day it's going to be over and then I'm going to be face to face with Jesus and the struggle is going to be over. I'm going to be given my glorified body. There's not going to be any more tears. Uh, there's not going to be any more hardships. It's just going to be easy strolling from then on. And I'm going to be able to see and look upon the face of my beloved one and have no regrets that I chose him and I chose him over anything this world could have offered to me because the world is going to be long gone. It's going to be done. And, um, and all that's going to be left is the eternal kingdom, the unshakable kingdom of Jesus Christ. So thank you guys so much for joining me on this podcast. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully it brought comfort to you. If you have friends, family, um, you know, people in your life that have really left uh, the faith this year, continue to pray for them, intercede for them, have some empathy, have some understanding. Sometimes as Christians, we think, how can someone get to the point where they're done with Jesus? But there's so many different variables as we covered in this topic um, in this podcast. And, um, and, and, and it's good for us to sometimes think it's, it's not as hard as you may think. And it really could happen to anybody. And uh, we have to stay biblically rooted uh, in the Lord and in his word. And so uh, thank you for joining me. And I'll be back next week with a new, hopefully next week. I don't know. I've been, I've been kind of off on these podcasts. I've been trying to get them, get them going every two weeks. Uh, but don't, don't, don't count on that. <laughs> I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. And hopefully you learned something. And uh, don't forget to check out my other resources on my website, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com. And I had a pleasure. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.